good morning. Welcome to our live stream. Uh, a couple of things that are important for us this morning, especially if you're new to Judson, I want to remind you that on our live page this morning, uh, if you're new, you can let us know that you're new and that you're watching. You can fill out what we would call basically a connect card if you were here. We also have the ability to take prayer requests at that same spot. And there's also a give button. Uh, and I want to just say this. Uh, I'm so grateful for how you guys engaged in the online giving last week. It truly was amazing to see you be able to do that and then to participate in it. And I'm really grateful for it because what that's allowing us to do is extend our reserves further and further uh, so that we can continue to operate and continue to minister to you. And so if you're new with us this morning, make sure that you, you let us know that you're here. We want to connect with you this week, and it may be via text or a phone call or an email instead of hanging out and having coffee, but it's still important for us to be able to do those things. Uh, and I just appreciate the opportunity that we have this morning to be able to do that. Uh, I don't know what you've been doing with your free time, but I've been trying to fill up mine and I had this idea that I'm not really an artistic person. You know, that's not really something that God's gifted me with. So we've been having art class at our house uh, pretty much every day. And uh, Eric, could you show everybody kind of this? I, I colored this and I was going to auction it for charity. And somebody told me I'd have to pay for it to be auctioned. So maybe you're not that impressed, but I was pretty impressed. Uh, online coloring sheets, they're pretty exciting at the Mims house right now. I don't know what you're doing uh, to keep yourself busy, but that occupied a full two hours for me. Uh, so uh, maybe you can find some of those and join us in that. We'll see who, who produces the best piece of art when it all comes back together. Let me make a couple of announcements for you. Uh, one is that this week on Wednesday night, if you have a, a student or you have a merged student, a middle school student, uh, fifth and sixth grade, if you have high school students, if you even have children, we, we've got some live stream events that are taking place this Wednesday. So you're going to want to gather uh, all the family around the, the computer or your device if you can and let the kids engage with Pastor Rich, Pastor Dan, Pastor Patton. That starts at five o'clock with Pastor Rich for our children, 5.30 for merge students with Pastor Dan and six o'clock with uh, Patton for all of our middle school and high school students. This week, we're going to continue to do what we've been doing. We're going to send you another Thursday email. Uh, and we're just kind of watching as this unfolds week by week, little by little, just taking our time with it and trying to make sure that we're doing the things that we've been asked to do. And we'll keep doing the, the, the two video updates every week. But I want to ask you to do something. I want to make sure that in this time that we're kind of going through it. It's so weird. It's so different. Uh, when it's time for church on Sunday morning, I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. One, don't be doing this in the bed. Get up, get dressed, have breakfast already done and be ready for the Lord to meet with us. Be ready for the Lord uh, to speak to us because I believe that he's going to do it. These services are going to be shorter than normal because we realize it's a different platform. It just feels a little bit different for us to be gathered like this, but it's not gonna take a long time. But I think what we have to say, what we have to sing as we engage in these things and giving and praying, all the things that we do in worship, it's, it's really important for us to do that with ready hearts, minds, spirits. And the attitude of how we approach that's really important. Uh, if you were aware of this yesterday, our mayor asked us for a day of prayer today, much like the president asked us to do last week. And Psalm 72 is a psalm that uh, I guess it was Solomon wrote about the king. He was writing a, a, a prayer for the king. And I want to just read some of these verses as we pray over them and invite you to join me in prayer. If you would bow your heads, let's pray right now. And, and we're just going to pray through some of these things. 
God, give justice to your king and your righteousness to your king's son. Let them judge the people with righteousness, the afflicted ones with justice. May the people fear you while the sun endures, as long as the moon through all generations. May the king be like rain that falls on grass. Lord, let our mayor, let our leaders be like rain that falls on grass. Spring showers that water the earth. Lord, we pray that the righteous will flourish during our mayor's tenure, during our president's tenure, during this time. Let the righteous flourish and well-being abound until the moon is no more. Lord, let that happen in our lives. God, we ask that, as the psalmist says, prayer be offered continually for our leaders and may they be blessed all day long because of believers praying for them. We pray that nations would be blessed because of our country, Lord. And that nations would call our leaders blessed as they lead us during this time. Lord, we pray, verse 18, that you would be blessed, the God of Israel, who alone does wonders. We bless your glorious name forever. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And we ask that your glory shine today. We ask, Father, that you would let your righteousness go forth, that your provision would go forth for us in daily bread and protection for believers. And God, we ask that during this time you would give us hope and that we would be reminded that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Lord, that's a great hope that you founded for us. And so we pray to you, Father, through the Son and by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask you today, be with our city, be with our state, be with our nation, be with believers around the world who are suffering. Encourage us today by what we'll study. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. We pray, amen. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to James chapter one. We're gonna look at what I think is a really important passage of scripture for us uh, during this time because James is writing as the, the Lord Jesus Christ's brother and he's writing to a group of people who are trying to figure it out. They're under pressure and, and they're trying to figure out what's going to happen. They're in a trial. And, and the word of God speaks to us about trials and the place that those have in our lives. And so I wanna begin in verse two this morning and read a few verses as we go. As I was thinking about how we would approach this week, uh, in a Bible study that I have with a couple of guys, this passage of scripture came out and really became the, the thing that I felt like God was leading us as we were studying the book of James, that it'd be good for our entire church. So let's read this in verse two. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. That's a great verse for us to read, and it immediately asks a question that we need to answer. It makes a statement saying, consider it a great joy. So my question to you this morning is, is this a great joy? Have you found joy in the midst of this season of trial? Are you finding joy in the midst of your schedule being adversely affected? Are you finding joy in the midst of the isolation that we're in? You know, it's a hard thing for us sometimes to get our minds off of ourselves, raise our eyes, and see that in the midst of a trial, we can experience joy. Joy is not just a state of mind. Joy is not just dependent on our circumstances. Joy is absolutely dependent on our relationship with the Father through the Son, because of the Holy Spirit. We have joy, unending joy. 
And James tells us to consider it a great joy whenever we experience various trials, any kind of trial. It could be a trial that's simple. It could be a trial where you feel like there's an economic situation in your life that's causing you a little bit of hardship. It could be a trial where you honestly feel like there's a medical issue. It could be a pandemic. It could be something small like a wayward opportunity that you thought you were going to have and it just didn't come. It could be something big like a wayward child in your life. There are these trials that come in our life and James just says, whatever it is of various trials, whatever they are, consider it joy. And he says, because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance. What's a test? A test is such an interesting thing for us to consider this morning because a test might be confused by us to be a temptation, and it shouldn't be. We don't need to let that happen. Uh, If we go under verse 13 and read that, we see that no one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God. Since God's not tempted by evil, he himself doesn't tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when he's drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. You and I have our own evil desires. They're different for all of us. Your, your, Your proclivity to sin, my proclivity to sin may be different, but it's there. And temptation doesn't come from God. It comes when sin is birthed in desire. We want something that we shouldn't do. We desire to experience something that we shouldn't be participating in. We want to fulfill kind of a lust of the flesh or a lust of the eyes. That's not what a trial is. A trial is something that God allows to come into our life. And people have asked me, you know, do you think this is a trial or do you think it's God's judgment? Do you think it's, uh, something that, that just happened, and, and the answer could be yes to all of that, couldn't it? When we look at judgment, we understand that in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel is judged, and there's always a remnant of believers who had remained true to the Lord Jesus, or to the Lord, and yet they were swept up in that judgment. Read the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk's praying that God would do something in his time, in his land. And God says, I am going to do something and I'm going to judge the land. I'm going to bring harm to the land and judgment to this. And Habakkuk says, you can't do that. God did it. But a trial, like we are experiencing right now, a trial is is something that God allows to come into our lives. I want to just read this for you uh, this morning. I was thinking about it uh, from the book of Judges this week. if I could find the book of Judges. If you're looking for it, it's not after Psalms. But the book of Judges says something interesting in chapter three. It says, these are the nations the Lord left in order to test all those in Israel who had experienced none of the wars in Canaan. This was to teach the future generations of the Israelites how to fight in battle, especially those who had not fought before. God had promised the nation of Israel this land that they were gonna have. And he told them it's yours, but you're gonna have to fight for it. And the crazy thing about it is he left nations for future generations to undergo hardship, to undergo trial. I always think about a trial being something that begins to press in on you. Maybe you felt like the walls were pressing in a little bit this week. Being a child who watched all the Star Wars movies, I always think back to Star Wars number one when they're in the Death Star and they end up in a garbage kind of dump and the walls start going like this. 
Everybody gets animated. People start hollering. Why? Because when the walls are closing in, it's pressure on your life. And what trials do, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised by this, what trials do is that when your life gets squeezed, who you really are comes out. Who you really are comes out in the trial. If, if you're totally losing your mind right now because you just don't know which way to turn and you're panicked and, and you're not joyful and you're sorrowful, that's because that's who you are. We have an opportunity today to lean into the trial and allow God to shape us through the trial. Why are they important? James says that we have to let endurance have its full effect so that we can be mature, complete, lacking nothing. Every generation goes through things just like this and worse. Trials come because every generation needs to have their endurance built. The only way that your endurance and faith is built is through hardship. The only way that your endurance and faith is built is through trials. As walls begin to press in on you more and more, God's refining things in your life. If we were just asking you, I won't ask you to raise your hands because I guess it'd just be you at home like me. You know, it'd be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Uh, but if I was to ask you how many of us have discovered this past week, these past two weeks, that a lot of things we thought were important just aren't important, right? It, it really boils your life down. In fact, James says something about that in, in, in verse nine in chapter one. He says, let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation. Let the rich boast in his humiliation because he will pass away like a, a flower of the field for the sun rises and together with the scorching wind dries up the grass its flower falls off, its, its beautiful appearance perishes in the same way the rich person will wither up uh, while pursuing his activities. Uh, some believe that what James is saying here is that trials level the playing field because wealth doesn't matter in a trial, does it? I mean, all of a sudden, if, if you had all the money in the world and wanted to travel anywhere you wanted to go, you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. All of those things that, that wealth and privilege could buy, it levels the, pray, the playing field. I think that's an interesting thing to be pointed out here is that these things just bring us together. So how do we deal with it? Verse five. Have you felt like you've lacked wisdom during this time? I know I have. What do we do? Do I need to run to the store and, and buy everything? I mean, you know, I, I, I got emails this week saying, this is out of stock. This is out of stock. I, I got an email from one of the local gun ranges here in town that says, we're out of ammo. It's like, well, what is that going to do you? Let's just go buy everything because it makes us feel better. We need wisdom. Verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea, driven, tossed by the wind. The person, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. So this is a, a great thing for us to remember in times just like this. We have to lean in on wisdom. Last Wednesday night, well, two Wednesday nights ago, I guess, uh, I was about to leave to go out of town. And in wisdom, we recorded the best thing that we could. We recorded a video and sent it out for you and told you this is what was gonna happen. If that didn't happen, this is what would happen. None of those things happened. We had to modify all of that. And, and we did that. That video was recorded on Wednesday night, but wisdom on Thursday night said all of that had to change. 
you, you have to rely on the Lord during these times because you don't know what to do. There's not a playbook for this. There, there's no way for us to understand how to do any of these things. So when you're having to make these decisions, it doesn't matter whether it's to go to the store or whether it's to buy this or not buy that, whether you need to save money or whether you need to spend money, whether you need to be out, you need to ask the Lord for wisdom. How are we gonna get through this? It's through wisdom. So let's look at what James says. One, we pray and ask God for wisdom. He says that we begin this by asking God to give us wisdom. Now, a lot of people, what is wisdom? Proverbs says that there's this whole book written for wisdom. If you want to be wise, read the book of Proverbs. And it's written to three different people, the wise person, the naive person, or the inexperienced person, someone who hasn't grown in wisdom yet because they're just starting out on their journey, or the fool. Those are the three people described in Proverbs. We may be naive this morning on how to handle a pandemic because we haven't lived through it before, but it's not like we don't have the answers to go before the Lord and ask him for help. He knows it all. And so we ask him to give us wisdom. As we go through this trial, we begin to ask him for that. And we ask him for that in every decision that we have to make. It goes beyond the trial that we're in right now, but this could be for every decision, whether you're buying a car or where to send the kids to school or if you should take this vacation or not take this vacation. Why wouldn't we ask God for wisdom in everything? Because the scripture says he will give it if we ask. And the scripture says that he's ready and willing to give. You have to be willing to ask. When I think about the greatest gift of wisdom ever given, it was to Solomon. You'll remember that when Solomon takes the throne in, in the book of Kings, he's told by the Lord, you can ask me anything that you want. I'm going to give it to you. He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for power. He could have asked for his throne to be established. He asked for wisdom. And God was so moved by that, he gave him everything else. Ask God for wisdom. We start with wisdom. We ask God to help you in everyday decisions. Even right now, everyday decisions. You need to be praying about those things, not just worrying about them. That's not praying, by the way. Worrying is not praying. Worrying is when we try to project into the future what, what might happen, and you can't do it. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough trouble for itself. You've got enough to worry about today. So start asking God for wisdom today. But you have to do something else, James says. You have to ask in faith. When we ask in faith, we believe that God's will is going to be done and that he's going to give us wisdom for the decisions that we make. And, and it's, it's a great thing that he says we're not to be double-minded, wavering back and forth. Uh, there's a, a beautiful picture of this given by Curtis Vaughn and as he studied these words, this kind of tossed he talks about a cork being in the ocean, being thrown back and forth by waves. That's what a double-minded person is. That's someone who doesn't ask in faith. When you don't ask in faith, you ask God for wisdom, but then you check every other thing. You immediately ask God for wisdom, but before you make a decision, you check the news. You call all your friends and say, what should I do? You're not asking God in faith for wisdom. Running back and forth to worldly wisdom is wavering. So when we come to a trial, we ask God to give us unclouded wisdom and then we trust what he says concerning the issue. Faith becomes obedience and action for us as we're trusting God to do what he can do in our lives. When we ask in faith, we're not double-minded, we're singly-minded, looking to the Lord to provide all that we need. And there's a great promise here that James gives us. In this trial, 
as you're feeling the walls, do like this. God promises to give wisdom. I love that. He promises. And it says about him that, that he gives it in a beautiful way. It says generously and ungrudgingly. Generously. God doesn't just say, here's a little bit for you. Generous is, here's what you need and here's some more. Let me just throw this on you. Let me just pile this on you. I'm just gonna give you all the wisdom that you need for this and then some, I'm going to make you wise if you look to me. And ungrudgingly. Have you ever been given something by someone who really didn't want to give it to you? You kind of twisted their arm and they finally just gave in and gave it to you? God doesn't do that. God's glad that you've asked for wisdom. God's so excited that you've come to him singly minded, not looking around the world for everybody else's wisdom, but for his wisdom. And what he does is he gives it generously and he loves to give it. He doesn't sit back and go, man, I can't believe I have to deal with this guy again, this lady again. Why, why are you calling on me? No, God says, I'm so glad that you came. I'm so glad that you offered it or asked for it. Let me offer it to you freely. I'd love for you to have it. He gives it to us, ready and willingly. So what do we need to do this week? I think there's a couple of things. I want to break this into some practical application points for us as a church. None of us knows what the future is. We're not trying to predict it here either. But we do know that we serve a God who never changes. We do know that he's on the throne. What a great verse Pastor Kirk read us. That even in the flood, he was on the the throne. And so we can trust him today. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. And so you don't have a trust in who he is. I want to encourage you today. Jesus has loved you with an everlasting love. And maybe this trial has pressed you into realizing that your eternity is not secure, but it can be today. I want to encourage you. Reach out to us. We'd love to share Christ with you. We'd love to tell you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He died in your place, taking your sin, taking your punishment. And if you'll repent of your sins and place your faith in him, the scripture says you'll be saved. That's a promise. You can't count on much. You can't count on the grocery store having what you need this week. But you can take that to the bank. Jesus has loved you with an everlasting love. If you're a believer today, ask God for wisdom. Ask him for his peace. This is a time for us to really live out what we believe. And as these things are pressing in on us, what should be happening for you and me is that the world should be seeing us for who we really are, children of the king. This is our chance to show him. Practically, I'm gonna ask you to do something this week. If you're a life group leader this week, I'm gonna ask you to make sure that you contact everybody in your life group. Make sure you're reaching out to them. Make sure you're, you're calling them, just checking on them. Many of you have asked us, how can we help? What can we do? And, and here's the thing. We have some things in place already for people who may need some financial assistance. If you need some financial assistance right now, we have the ability to provide that for you. And we have people that have said, when that runs out, we'll help do that. So please contact us. But right now, uh, just make sure you're checking on the people that live on your street. Call somebody in the church directory. Call, call a friend. I want to challenge, in fact, every Judson member to call two people from the church this week. Reach out. The church isn't a building. I love this building. 
But I gotta be honest with you. Being in here this morning without you, it's not the same. The building is, is just where we congregate. Who we are is so much bigger than that. And so let's stay in touch. Let's make sure that we're, we're contacting one another. And I just wanna say this too. If you're feeling anxious, well, you're not alone. I don't know what it is about 4.30 in the afternoon. But about 4.30 every day, I get this feeling like I wanna climb the walls. I have to get outside. I have to call somebody. You know what I miss more than anything? I miss being able to be around my friends and have them make fun of me. I miss seeing you guys at church and as I'm walking in, somebody giving me a wisecrack joke. I miss all of those things. This is why it's important for us to stay connected. I'm so excited that so many of you have had life group virtually already this morning. That's a wonderful thing. Let's continue to do that. I want to just say, if you're feeling anxious, we're here. We're going to be here all week. Pastors will be in. We'll pray with you. Call the office. We'll be in touch with you. Email us. We'd love to connect with you, even if it's virtually right now. So let's do that this week and realize that God's doing something in our lives. We may not have asked for it. We may not particularly be enjoying it, but we should consider it a joy, recognizing that when we come out of this, our faith is going to be different. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I want to pray for all of the members of Judson Baptist Church right now. I pray, Father, for them to be encouraged. Lord, I pray that they would count it all joy today. They would find joy. Lord, let us find our joy in you. This is a great time for us, Lord, to Strip away things that don't matter and find peace and comfort in you. We love you, Lord. We ask you for this time to be productive in our lives. Grow us, Lord. Give us opportunity to meet needs. Give us opportunities to share our faith. God, we trust you this morning. We ask for wisdom. We look to you alone and we ask for it in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We'll be in touch with you this week via video and email, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week via live stream. God bless you.